Welcome to Street Smart Success. This is Roger Becker, your host. SEO, or search engine optimization, is often the most misunderstood marketing practice there is. Over the years, there's been so many shady practices and shortcuts trying to game Google. But more sophisticated marketers understand there are no shortcuts. Today's guest, Sean C., founder of SEO Hacker, talks about no-nonsense, super-ethical SEO. Although the name is SEO Hacker, Sean is the least hackiest guy I've ever spoken to. Today we have with us Sean C., who is CEO and founder of SEO Hacker, and also he is a fellow podcaster. He is the founder and host of the Leadership Stack podcast. Sean C., welcome to Street Smart Success. Thank you so much, Roger. I'm happy to be here. Sean, I've been looking forward to speaking to you because as we discussed before yours truly hit the record button, uh, I've been in the advertising business for uh, some time now. And we do SEO, but it's never been truthfully our wheelhouse. It's never really been the bulk of what we do. We know enough to be dangerous, but we know that to be done right, this is really, really, really a specialty and we have respect for that. And so how did you determine that SEO was going to be the business that you were going to specialize in? Actually, Roger, to be honest, it is it it was a series of divine appointments that have taken me to learn about SEO. It's a long story, but I'm going to try to shorten it as much as I can. It started when I was fresh out of college. I really wanted to write. See, I failed 28 units studying IT. It's something that I wasn't really passionate about. And something that I wanted to do was writing. But my parents told me, I'm a, I'm a Filipino Chinese. We're basically Chinese by blood. I'm the fourth generation in the Philippines, my parents' third generation. So I speak more Filipino and English than Chinese, as you could hear. Um, so they, they told me that don't take uh, writing because there's no money there. And to be, to be honest, really, it is difficult to, to earn a living being a writer here in our country. Um, so I opted to take IT and, Failed a lot along the way. My school wanted to kick me out um, because of my failures due to absences. I was so hooked to playing computer games and I would cut classes and be be uh, not be failing them because I cut them and I wouldn't show up. And when I graduated, I wanted to start this blog and I just prayed to God that I wasted enough of my life playing computer games and wasted enough money um, in the computer shop and paying for my tuition again. So I said, I want to write for you. I want to, I want to start a blog. And with my last 2000 pesos, that's around um, 40, 40 US, I said, I'm going to buy my first blog. And the blog's name is God and You. And I wrote about my faith, my journey as a Christian. And no one was reading my stuff. So it's, it was very frustrating for me because I was writing my heart out. It was my first time being a writer, finally. And my writings were being published out to the world, but no one's reading it. So I looked in Google, looked it up. How do I increase my traffic and readers? And Google kept telling me that you have to do SEO. You have to learn this. And, and during that time, this was way back 2009, 2010, there weren't a lot of websites that would teach you about ethical SEO. Almost everything was black hat or gray hat, which is unethical or a mix of ethical and unethical SEO practices, which if you try now, 
has a high chance of getting you penalized by Google, meaning they take you out of the search results completely, or they give you a slap and from first page go way down to eighth page or some unknown number and you're not never going to be found. So I tested whatever that worked within the ethical boundaries of Google. And that's now known as white hat SEO or ethical SEO. And whatever worked for me, I wrote it in another blog called SEO Hacker. So I got the name from Life Hacker, which is a blog that I was reading back then. I was like, you know, I'll just name it SEO Hacker because I don't know what to name it. And it's just a blog where I'm journaling everything I'm learning about SEO and the strategies and tactics that I tested out, I published there. Sooner than later, people started reading my stuff there. They started sharing it and I started getting some business. People wanted to hire me. So I started out as a freelancer doing legwork and consulting. And when the work became too heavy for me, I started getting freelancers to help me out, not in the strategy, but with the legwork, with the writing, with the link building, but the direction, the strategy, the accounts management, I was still doing it by myself. And things grew from there. Now we are a 50-man team here in the Philippines, and we handle some of the biggest companies here as well. Um, I'm very blessed and happy about that because, you know, I, I tried going international. We do have some international clients, but the thing about having international clients is if you don't have anyone there in that country to help you out, like if I don't have anyone in the U.S., the clients can just cut the contract anytime. And it's not helpful for me and my team. It's not profitable for us to do that. So we mostly stick to our guns and stick with clients here in the country. That's how we do it. Why can they just because they're not there? Uh, let's say they're because I'm in the U.S. So, you know, like most Americans, I think U.S. is the you know center of the whole world. Of course, I know that it isn't. But just because a company's, let's say, in the U.S., why? I mean, like when we when we do contracts, they're typically a 60 day out or if a client really pushes us and they goes, no, we want a 30 day, you know, out. And they're typically annual contracts with 30 day outs. I mean, they, they can be down the block if they want to cut that. You know, they could be a three minute walk from our office. If they want to cut that contract, there's nothing we could do about it. And there's nothing we would want to do about it. Why would that be different just because you're in the Philippines? So the nature of SEO is it's always a long game. And before we start any contract and relationship, we make sure that this is crystal clear. We cannot guarantee or the work cannot be seen and felt in a short amount of time, like 30 days, 60 days, or 90 days. There could be fluctuations when we have a 90-day time frame, such as three months, which means that the rankings can go up and down. But what we have is really a one-year contract for us to be able to guarantee first page rankings for a couple of keywords. And the client up and running before the contract is over is not helpful for us. And it's not helpful for the client because the work is not done. So obviously, they're going to be disgruntled because they can't see the work. And we don't have any good testimonials on our end as well because the contract was pre-terminated. So that is something that we, we really don't like. And a lot of companies here in the, in the Philippines, when they do en enter a contract with me and they understand that it is, it's a long game, 
I haven't really had clients pre-terminate contracts here because once they sign the contract, it's legally binding. But when I sign a contract, when, when an American, for example, or a Singaporean would sign a contract, a Philippine contract, um, it's not legally binding where they're from. So they could just, you know, up and leave and ghost me. So that's, that's the problem. I understand. So in a way, what I extrapolate from that is it's almost as much a function of just the intrinsics of SEO that just make it as hard as anything else. Uh, well, they're in the Philippines, I'll cancel the contract. You know, it's going to be difficult for them to enforce. And I also understand, you know, that that's kind of like one of the, the questions I had is, that back in the day when we've done SEO for clients, and frankly, even like like really the bulk of what we do is paid search. Um, and this this isn't so much anymore, but like with SEO, you know, you've always got like the owner's wife that, you know, can't sleep and she's at two in the morning, you know, doing a search, a Google search, and she doesn't come up. And then, you know, they, they wake up next thing in the morning, at eight o'clock and call you and go, uh, you know, my wife was searching and we didn't show up for this keyword. We were like on the second page. And meanwhile, you just signed the contract like three days ago and it explained to him that it's a long game. It could take a year. It could take six months. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's one of the things I've always thought would be difficult about running an SEO shop, but it clearly you figure out how to manage to that. Is that correct? Well, I would like to say that so far, we are blessed with good clients. We also, of course, have to do our part in making sure that it's crystal clear to them that don't check your rankings when it's 2 a.m. We signed the contract just three days ago. Um, we always say it's a long game. And if you're not willing to play long term, we shouldn't start this because we are both going to be frustrated. It's better for us to have no deal than to have a win-lose arrangement or a lose-lose arrangement where both of us end up being frustrated. So we usually communicate and ask them if they're ready for it, because if they are, then well and good. We engage, and after a year, usually the clients end up happy. The only times that the clients don't end up happy is when either the economy changes for them or they asked me to kind of forced me to get the wrong keywords up on the first page. So these are keywords that are usually not really going to make them money, but give them prestige. So that's the only two reasons why. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that, and I wasn't going to ask this or, or comment, but I'm going to just to make this interesting. Here's something that's ironic to me is given your name is I'm even this early into our discussion. I really get that you're coming from the highest ethical standards. And to your point earlier in an industry, frankly, that grew out of unethical practices, ironically enough. But yet you you chose the name SEO hacker and, and hacker, at least from my perspective, or is kind of has negative connotations and feels unethical. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the amount of inquiries that we get where people are asking, "Can you hack this guy's Facebook?" Oh man, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> and um, when when I started this this blog, so you know, it, it it really started as a blog, not really as a company, but the branding stuck. The blog branding stuck. SEO hacker became known on the digital marketing and SEO community especially here locally, because when people started realizing that 
the writer is Filipino or Filipino Chinese living in Metro Manila, they would, it, it gave them a different feeling and there's a community built around that. So I couldn't just throw the name away. Another reason why I kept it is the branding actually is pretty good when you think about it, because we're the only company with that kind of negative first impression. And usually I do get the question in the first pitch to the client, the potential client. And they ask me, why, why SEO hacker? Why is that your, your company name? And I tell them the story that, you know, the, the, the word hacker actually has two different meanings. One is someone who infiltrates privacy and data without permission, but the other meaning is someone who likes to keep on improving code. And we actually want to adapt the latter than the former. And then I tell them that also I got the name. It started out as a blog. I got inspired with this blog called Life Hacker. But that's, you know, that's the less interesting story. The definition usually gets them. And whether we win the client pitch or not, the important thing is they always remember SEO Hacker because it is an interesting brand name. I agree with that 100%. It, it's got energy. It's short. It's memorable. It's distinct. Um, so no, I agreed. I was just asking the question. I, I'll tell you in spending a little bit of time on your site, it is like your, your client roster is really, really like really impressive and you've built a team. And I mean, 50 people for an SEO firm is Im- impressive. Um, some of my listeners may or may not have a, a sense of perspective on that, but most ad agencies, marketing companies, you know, they tend to be either behemoths, very large, or, you know, two guys in a garage. I mean, so the 50-man team is is really a, one heck of a accomplishment, especially in, some, in something in, in a specific channel. So it's impressive, but it looked like you do have great clients. And so I guess what I'm, what I'm really thinking is that they probably, probably, I guess I'm assuming is that they have marketing infrastructure. They're big enough that you're dealing with marketing partners. So there is a level of sophistication so that they do understand that it is a long game. Now they might have pressure from, you know, some crazy CEO up top. That's just, you know, there's a three in the morning, you know, doing random searches, but by and large, it seems like you've got a great client base that understands the process. We do have some of the biggest companies actually here in the country working with us. As you know, malls are very popular here in the Philippines for some reason. They're one of the biggest in our stock exchange. And whether it's the weekends or not, you see a lot of people in the malls and the parking is always full, whether it's 3 p.m. in the afternoon and it's a Wednesday and people should be at work in the office, but the parking is always full in malls. And so we work with, a, we work with some of the biggest companies here by God's grace. But first thing I would like to point out is it isn't just me who is able to get these clients in and work with them. It's actually my team who makes this thing work and makes it great. I couldn't do this by myself. My brother works with me. He's been with me for nine years now. He's in charge of operations and the great people behind SEO Hacker, that 50 man team, they actually what make the company great. It's, it's really not me. I'm like, I'm a very small part of the equation. So yes, we do deal with very a very sophisticated levels of authority when it comes to our clients, especially the bigger ones. But if you ask me, I like the medium clients because you usually deal with the owner and there's a lot less red tape. 
And when you get the owner to like you, I mean, you spend time with them, just, you know how it is with sales and building relationships with clients. You just talk with them, do what they like, sometimes send gifts. It is, for me, if you ask me, I love those medium clients more than the enterprise clients. Um, the small clients are okay. What, what, what I really don't like about them is that they're, they're sometimes too noisy and um, they ask too many questions and um, it's, it's just, uh, they, they waste a lot of time um, and they pay too, too little. So with, with the sophisticated levels of authority that we deal with, what's important is actually the same stuff. You have to respect them and build relationships with them. And I, I mentioned earlier that SEO is a long game. So if you're not, if you're not good in building a long-term relationship with these clients, with these accounts, with these people, you're not going to get that long game. You're not going to get that far. So having a really good relationship with them, having a great accounts team surrounding you is very, very important. It makes a lot of sense. In, in, in the world of SEO, that is a, by definition, a perpetually, perpetually moving target. The relationship has to be that much stronger uh, to basically be the glue that holds the whole thing together. You mentioned malls. So is, you know, and again, I, I went through your clients, but I'm not familiar with a lot of the names because they're, they're not U.S. names. So are you saying that you do business with a lot of malls? Yes, we actually do uh, do their websites and do their SEO. So we, we are an SEO company. We're best known for SEO. But we also do the website. Usually we design it, we code it, we do the UI, UX, all the way to ranking. In, in what percentage of your business is malls? Uh, well, not big. We have two malls. But the reason why I mentioned them is that they're the two biggest companies here in the country. So... And I don't think of malls, but, but you, I think you already explained. All right. You, you already answered the question I was going to ask. I don't, when I think of SEO, I don't necessarily think of malls because people typically, and I'm just going from my hip here, people typically aren't going mall near me. They know the mall there near them. But to your point, you're doing other kind of work for them as well. So how many, how many clients do you have at any given point in time, Sean? Right now we have around 50 clients, more or less. So it could, it could be 48, 47 or 51, 52. It, it, but right now, usually the ratio is one is to one. So if we have 50 people, we have somewhere 50 clients as well. Got it. And then what would you say? And, and I'm sure that this, you know, like any ad agency, you've got a couple huge players, you have small players. What's the average, you know, revenue, you know, per, month or per year that, that clients spend with you? Per year, it would be somewhere 20 to 25,000 US. So it's not huge. Um, but then again, we're in the Philippines. So that amount is actually pretty good. If you think about it with the lifestyle expenses that we have here and, and the salary uh, ranges that we have here when it comes to hiring people. And what, what is your top line revenue approximately a range for the entire company? Yeah. Hmm. Top line revenue would be somewhere. Let me just calculate that. We are, I think right now we are per year. Is that per year, per month? Per year. Per year. Around three, 360,000 US. Got it. Per year. Got it. Got it. And then what is growth bar? Growth Bar is a software 
that we are affiliated with. And it helps you, it's an SEO tool actually, helps you to check your rankings. And then on your site, I was able to click on to Growth Bar and it looked like they're a company or it looked like founded by a couple that's in San Francisco. Is that correct? Right. Is that like an affiliate arrangement where you get paid for you know the traffic you drive to them or is it just kind of a loose agreement or? Yep. So usually... A lot of companies, SEO softwares actually approach me and the SEO hacker team for us to feature them or write about them and review them in the blog. Because the the blog is not huge. We get like 40,000 readers a month. Usually our traffic is coming from the US and then from the UK um, and then India, UAE, and then the Philippines. So actually Philippines is not my number one reader base. It's actually the US. And these companies approach us to do a review, an honest review, meaning we have to use the software. So we get free access. Usually they give us lifetime premium access, and then they give us an affiliate link also so that we can make money for every um, person with that we refer to them. And how much money do they pay you per person? That depends. So uh, usually they give you a percentage, somewhere 10, 15, maybe 20% if you're, if you're lucky. 10%, uh, the percentage of what? of the what the, whatever the person got so they have usually they have different plans like they have they maybe have a starter plan which is like i don't know 17 maybe 30 dollars and then they have the mid mid-range plan which is 49 bucks to anywhere 79 and they have the agency plan which could be like 200 or 300 us maybe more in roughly how many people do you think you send to their site a month I, that would, I'm not sure. I think I would be able to send a lot. Like I would say maybe a hundred or 200. And these are qualified people, right? Cause they're reading my blog, they're digital marketers, or they work for a digital marketing company or agency. And so they're qualified traffic, but how many of them convert? I'm not so sure. But I'm confident we send probably hundreds of them every month to any one of the clients. Oh, sorry, any one of these affiliate softwares that partner with us. Got it. Tell me this is, and this is probably a long answer, but on your site, you kind of delineate a a little bit of a timeline, which you've already alluded to earlier around what SEO was back when you started in 09-ish and a lot of, like you said, black and gray hat, just in terms of what is effective in SEO today compared to, let's say, three years ago or five years ago, or however you want to frame that answer? I'm going to summarize it to two words. The first one is commitment. The second one is discipline. So SEO today has to be a commitment, meaning you have to show Google that you're really going to go the, the very long game. You're really going to be building every day and you are here to stay because it, Google is sick and tired of websites that are burner sites that you build, you design, you put up, and then you just plan to do black hat and sell a lot of stuff there while it lasts. And then because you did black hat SEO, it's going to get penalized and you're going to start it again. Now, there's a reason why, there is a good reason why you, some people do that. For example, iPhone cases, it's, you know, iPhone changes every year. And so if you want to 
do a burner site for certain iPhone uh, model just because you're selling iPhone cases, then I think doing it black hat makes sense because if you're going to do it white hat, you're not going to sell a lot of, um, unless you're going to be selling for every iPhone model. But if you're just selling for like one or two iPhone models, then it makes sense to go black hat. But even, even then, because of the black hat strategies, usually you spam other websites. I really don't like doing that and I don't agree with it. With commitment, you're really not in it for the short term, meaning it's not burner sites that you're looking into. It's really building websites and websites that are here to stay that it's going to be there for like the next three to 10 years at least. And I say discipline is because SEO, you have to just keep on doing the everyday things that Google expects you to do or Google likes. That's writing blogs, making sure there's something new in your site, something fresh, a reason why Google bot will keep going back and recrawling your site, making sure that people link to you because your stuff is valuable. You have assets that are important to other people or they cite you as a source. And the tweaking and retweaking of your site security, your site speed, those things are important. And whenever there's new stuff published by Google, you have to pay attention. So that's why I say it's discipline and commitment. There's no shortcuts now. There's it is more expensive to do shortcuts because if you get penalized, your investment gets blown out of the water. So, and you can't keep on doing that in a shorter and shorter, t- shorter time frame because Google just keeps getting better and better in combating spam and exploitations. So basically, at fifty thousand feet, one needs to basically keep pace with Google as they evolve and they control, you know, something eighty percent or or something of the internet search traffic. And so you have to keep pace with them in terms of their criterion effectively. And otherwise you kind of can get left in the dirt. In terms of your business, Sean, do, do you have a group of competitors in Manila that you tend to bump heads with, you know, a handful that you compete with for business or what is what does that look like? Yeah, sure. Um, we do have these businesses that are some of them were inspired by SEO Hacker and started to compete with us. We, I mean, you can't really avoid that, that people would do that, right? And for me, there have been times that I have bumped into some of them with client pitches. And in the end, it is the client who will realize whether or not they got the right supplier, whether or not they got the right company to do their SEO. When I present, I, I'm very honest with the client as to where they are. Anything that it, that has been done in their website or SEO that may be unethical, I show it to them. And then of course, I show them our number one case study, which is our own website. Just so happens that we rank very high for the keyword SEO Philippines, who are either a top one or top two spot. And for the longest time, we were at number one spot. So smart companies would realize for themselves that whoever is ranking number one for these important keywords in their industry, like for us is SEO, SEO company Philippines, SEO Philippines, SEO services Philippines, and any mix of keywords in between. That's the kind of company that you want serving you because they're practicing what they preach. It's absurd 
that they would say they know SEO, but actually their own website is not ranking but, but for on, their own keywords. But they're on the third page for SEO Philippines. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when, when it comes down, and, and I'm sure you, your listeners would want to hear this, when it comes down to pricing though, we are twice or three times more expensive than those companies. And when the client usually asks me in a pitch, and this has happened, they ask me, why are you two times or three times more expensive than the one who pitched earlier or the companies that pitched earlier? And usually I go and ask them, hey, you know, if you want to go with them, you can try them out. But I want you to know if they're ranking or not. I don't know who they are. I don't know what their company name is, but you have to search for these keywords, SEO related keywords. If they're ranking as well as I do, go get them because they're worth it. But if they're nowhere near my rankings, then you're probably going to end up ranking like them. They might be cheaper, but if you end up ranking like them, third, fourth page, I don't know where they are. What happens is it costs you time. It costs you opportunities. It costs you money because you're paying them. Actually, they're more expensive. Because with me, in a year's time, you're going to be on the first page of Google, you're going to get revenue, you're going to get a lot of exposure. Um, and you know we might be two, two times or three times more expensive, but you actually get what you're paying for. So I'm actually cheaper than them. They're actually more expensive when it comes to the value. So that's what I tell them. What percent of client pitches do you think you end up winning the business on? With an unlimited amount of time in terms of time frame, or within within let's say a year, because there are clients who come back to me after trying out one company. How about on the initial? That's that's fine. But how about on the initial decision? So if they talk to you and another firm or a few others, what percent would you say you get initially, and then and then maybe a year later? I would say. I'd, I'd be conservative and say around 70 to 75%. We usually get the deal. And that's, again, largely because of our rankings and our branding and who I am here in the country, because I'm also a public speaker here. Um, and I speak with some of the biggest names here in the country. So I'd say largely because of that. But if you're going to give me a an unlimited amount of time with clients coming back to me, I'd say we're in around 85%, somewhere there. Well, that's extraordinary. And uh, what I'm getting is that you are you don't take a lot of credit, which I appreciate, and you attribute it to your team, which I understand, But and I'm, that all plays into it. But it sounds like you've just done such a great job building a really good team that does great work that speaks for itself because over here where I am in the States, I mean, if I told you that I've won 70% of my, you know, pitches that I've made over the years, that would be a black hat lie. I would say my percentages over a long time is probably about 30%, which which is pretty good actually, uh, but 70% is outstanding. And it, it sounds like you really, really, really understand SEO. And SEO is one of those, it's like the area in marketing, I think more than any other channel that I could think of. There's just a lot of sleight of hand and there's a lot of BS. You have to work hard to find people that are really legitimate at it. And because at the end of the day, like you said, it's, it's commitment and discipline. And those are 
easy words to say, but hard words to live by. It gets boring. So the thing about commitment and discipline, and I'm going to use the example of marriage, for example, commitment and discipline are not the sexiest words out there. And it does get boring sometimes. There are people in my team, if I would admit, if they would admit to it, that they would say they're bored with what they do. But having commitment and discipline in what you do, you have to deal with that. You know, you can't just get up one day and say, I'm done and I'm quitting and I'm moving on to something else. Because SEO, again, is a long game. The good thing about commitment and discipline in SEO is that it's, pretty secure. Because look, the clients are not going to up and run if you're doing your job and you're producing results. There are a lot of our, a lot of clients that we have right now who have been with me since I started. That means I was a freelancer way back 2010. And one of the biggest reasons why some of the clients keep us, even if they're already ranking number one, is they don't want their competition to hire me. So we're kind of like law firms as well, if you think about it, because the job is is done and they're happy and we're maintaining the rankings. We are committed and disciplined in doing the everyday work. But really why they're keeping us is because they don't want their competitors to hire us because once they let us go, we're free agents out in the market and their competitors can just get get us to rank them number one. And maybe the, the client that I had previously would slip down the rankings. You've got a position of strength and leverage once you prove yourself to those clients. And, you know, like you said earlier, there's no shortcuts, but, you know, the, the irony is, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have said it, but yeah, it's it's not the sexiest channel. But the irony is the ROI on good SEO is better than anything else they'll do. And uh, the smart clients, I'm sure, understand that. That's so, true. Sean, I, I've enjoyed speaking to you and I, uh, you're in the Philippines. I'm, I'm in uh, Oakland, California, but what I feel through this connection is a strong commitment to integrity, uh, and quality and doing a great work for clients. And it sounds like it's really paying off for you. And I, and I appreciate the time you've spent with me this morning and nighttime for you. You're about ready to go to bed. Yep, Roger, it is my pleasure and privilege to be here on your show, sharing what I know to the people that are tuning in. I hope you guys are better for it. Well, and I hope if, uh, if, if one of my U.S. companies that are listening wants to hire you, I, I hope you'll give them a chance. And, uh, and if they break the contract, I'll, I'll fly to go see them and I'll, I'll collect the money for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You don't have to do that, but yeah, sounds sweet. <laughs> All right, Sean. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Roger. See you later. Bye-bye. Street Smart Success.